NPR. Today, the financial world is feeling a little unsettled. That's because the United States' stellar creditworthiness is being questioned by one of the three main ratings agencies. So when banks or investors weigh up whether or not they want to buy government's debt, they turn to these rating agencies, which essentially give a credit score to governments around the world. And late on Tuesday afternoon, Fitch unleashed a financial earthquake. It downgraded American government debt from AAA to AA+. Now, that is still very low default risk, and these ratings arguably matter less for a huge, widely traded market as the one for U.S. Treasuries. But because U.S. government debt, U.S. Treasuries, are held all around the world, the implications could be worrying. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. Today on the show, the U.S. credit rating downgrade. What's behind it? what it could mean for the economy, and why now? This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Employees are the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers group dental, vision, life, and disability plans designed to protect them. Exceptional service, broad networks, and modern benefits. That's the power of human care. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report. Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com slash NPR. Our expert to guide us through the U.S. credit rating downgrade is Carola Binder. Carola is an associate professor of economics at Haverford College. And to be honest, the big credit rating downgrade was only the second biggest news in her household. Yeah, I'm good. I actually just had a baby two days ago on Milton Friedman's birthday. So it's an exciting time over here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But Carola, ever the macroeconomist, had been following all the drama from her hospital bed. I'm feeling a little bit surprised about the timing of the downgrade. Um, It seems like lately we've been getting mostly good economic news coming in, especially about inflation falling, the labor market still staying strong. um, And it seems like there's more and more of a chance that we're going to be able to get inflation back to target without a recession like people were worried about, myself included, even a couple of months ago. Yeah, I mean, inflation's down to around 3%. Economic growth just came out, you know, that's running at around two and a half percent. I don't know, like the, the clouds were parting and then, and then suddenly this rainstorm uh, of a ratings downgrade comes in. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not going to be that big of a rainstorm. It sounds bad, but the downgrade was from triple A to double A plus, which doesn't mean that a, a U.S. government debt default is imminent. It just means they think the possibility is 
basically moved from 0% to some very, very, very small percent. What reasons did Fitch give for going from AAA to AA plus? So when Fitch, um, you know, put out a report about this downgrade, a big one was just government debt is becoming increasingly a burden. Just to put it in a little bit of perspective, in the first quarter of 2023, total public debt as a percent of GDP was 119%. And that's been falling a little bit, um, but it was about 106% before the pandemic. So government debt to GDP is you know, still relatively high. A lot of people have different opinions over how worrying the U.S. government debt is. I mean, defenders might point to France's debt. That's a little over 100%, similar to the U.S.'s. Or even Japan's, which is about 240%. Uh, But it sounds like Fitch does see this as quite a concern. They see it as a concern, yes, because I think it's sort of hard to fathom how it's going to get much lower, given how just partisan the budget process is in the United States. Yeah, and that brings us to reason number two, which is around governance. Right. They're worried about governance issues in the United States, the the, um, really intense partisanship, the difficulty of making bipartisan agreements, the way that the debt limit itself has been so politicized and is kind of used as like a political football, which adds a lot of uncertainty. And when we have all these um, standoffs and these governance issues, that chance becomes something more than zero, even if it's still very small. What other reasons do they give? Another reason would be the rising interest rates. So because of the high inflation we've had over the last couple of years, the Fed has been doing this really aggressive tightening. The federal funds rate was raised from basically 0% to around 5.5%, which, of course, make the government's debt burden greater. They have more interest to pay on their debt. The fourth reason is their prediction of a recession that could still occur. And luckily, we haven't seen that materialize yet. And and the more that inflation keeps falling without signs of like labor market slowing down, um, the more I think we're like more nearly in the clear that we not only will have a soft landing, but well, a very soft landing in the sense of like, we don't need a big recession or maybe even any recession to get inflation back down to target. Um, but, you know, these things are really hard to predict and we're not totally in the clear yet. And interest rates are so high that I think um, they, they're still working in this possibility, again, even if it's small, that we could have a recession. And a recession, you know, is never good for the for the government's debt. They get less tax revenue, um, more spending. So it's, that's going to increase debt to GDP. Some economists have called this a bizarre decision. Uh, why are they saying that? And do you agree? Um, I think they're calling it a bizarre decision because the timing seems bizarre in the sense that we don't have any new information at the moment that's like really um, you know, clearly pointing to the need for a downgrade. There was no big change for the worse since the last time they gave the U.S. a AAA rating. Um, so the question is kind of like, why now? Um, We've been having these debt limit standoffs for years. And actually, one of the other rating agencies, Standard & Poor's, downgraded the U.S. from AAA to AA plus back in 2011 after a different debt limit standoff and has kept it at AA plus ever since then. You know, it's like, why didn't Fitch's downgrade 
after one of the other debt limit standoffs or maybe when inflation was really rising um, a couple of years ago, why are they doing it now when things look like they're getting better? The big thing is that these rating agencies aren't really focusing on these short-run movements in macroeconomic statistics that come out every month or every quarter, and they're really thinking about the very, very long term. So I think that's how we reconcile this kind of surprising news about the Fitch downgrade at the same time that we're getting good macroeconomic news coming in. Mm. And then, you know, within the administration, um, within any administration, right, if your sovereign debt gets downgraded, your insiders in the administration are going to oppose it. And now we have Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen disagreeing um, vocally with, with this downgrading decision right now. If this downgrade makes it more costly for the U.S. to finance their debt, then that's obviously not good for the administration. No, no, it's not not good news at all. And and I'm wondering about the wider implications. I mean, let's say for somebody's 401k, uh, what might they expect? One thing is to look at what happened in 2011. And back then, the stock market um, declined quite a lot with the downgrade that big and the impact on the treasury market hasn't either. I think this is because this move doesn't really reflect like any new bad information. So to the extent that markets realize that, you know, they're not going to suddenly think that treasuries got a lot more risky. I mean, hopefully um, this doesn't have too big of an effect on things like people's 401ks, but I think it is really hard to predict. So overall, what I'm hearing is that this is certainly a blow to U.S. pride, but I'm not hearing economic Armageddon right now. Right. I mean, that's always subject to change, but right now that's uh, that's my view. And I, I won't hold you any longer. I hope that uh, your new baby grows up in a world where the U.S. does not default on its debts. I hope so. This episode was produced by Corey Bridges with engineering by Josh Newell. It was fact-checked by Sarah Juarez. Kate Cannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast, On Investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. When voters talk during an election season, we listen. We ask questions, we follow up, and we bring you along to hear what we learned. Get closer to the issues, the people, and your vote at the NPR Elections Hub. Visit npr.org slash elections.